Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us. Hi. A couple weeks ago, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the anime that appeared before us is called Cromartie High School. Cromartie High School began as a manga series in 2000, and then they ran a short-form anime series for 26 episodes in 2003. Uh, These episodes are about 12 minutes each, and uh, so we set out to watch six of them, but we made it through four, so (laughs) we'll be talking about those four episodes. Kayla, would you like to uh, share the plot with us? Absolutely. An average student named Kamiyama enrolls at the infamous Cromartie High School, a rowdy school with a reputation for its delinquent students. With the help of his new friend with a purple mohawk, Kamiyama must adapt to life at this school full of unusual characters, including a gorilla, a robot, and a strangely familiar singer. Uh, so this show kind of shares some similarities with the other short-form kind of shows that we've watched. Um, I think on this show, the only one we've done is um, the cat one. <laughs> Yeah. I forget what it was called. Neck of something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so really there's not like an overarching sort of thing that we're going for. It's more episode to episode. There's different things going on. I guess uh, Miss Machiko is kind of like that too. Yeah. So uh, we have our main character. His name is Takashi Kamiyama. And uh, he is, like you said, an average student. And he ends up this at the school that... Uh, as far as we can tell, is full of nothing but delinquent boys who are all rowdy and ridiculous and over the top. And I think at some point in the show they mention that it's a co-ed school, but we never ever see a girl. So yeah, we've there might be one coming in future episodes, but not that we've seen. Yeah, when we say that uh, this main character is an average student, he is average for the main population. Not so much for the delinquents. As far as we can tell, he's not a delinquent. Yeah, he's he seems pretty normal and not uh, a super bad boy like everyone else. <laughs> and I think that's kind of how the show sets itself up is he wants to fit in or at least blend into the background at this school that he's just started at. Uh, and he wants to basically stay alive and... <laughs> I think there are hints in there, too, that he, he like, came to the school because he wants to improve it in some way. Yeah. He's heard all these terrible things, and he wants to go on the inside and, and make it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as soon as he starts to try to integrate with this school, within the first episode, the, the entire school is actually established that he is actually the toughest guy of all of them. <laughs> one of, the, one of the, the guys that he's kind of chit-chatting with back and forth about uh, who's the toughest in the school, says, well, this new guy has to be because, uh, you know, a rabbit wouldn't go into a, a pack of lions uh, and just kind of hang out with them. Like, that would have to be a really cool rabbit. Mm-hmm. So uh, there must be, like, something to him. Mm-hmm. And he does allude that he's done one bad thing, and that's it. We don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. He just keeps saying, I've done one bad thing. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and I can't wait for the reveal of that. It's It's <laughs> got to be either something completely like he should be in jail <laughs> or just like the most mundane thing. Yeah. I am super excited to talk about the whole cast of characters that are in this show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 
one of the other main characters is uh, Kamiyama's pretty much best friend mm-hmm. is Hayashida. And he is distinguished by his purple mohawk. Yeah. Uh, and that mohawk seems to have some sort of free will. <laughs> it does. Uh, it kind of just moves around all the time and it like points at things. And it's a, it's very uh, an eccentric character in its own. It, it kind of reminds me of some characters like their ahogues. It's sort of just like one big purple ahoge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is fitting because he is pretty dumb, yeah, too. He's yeah. real dumb in the show. But yeah, like as soon as Kamiyama gets to the school, he somehow hooks up with this guy and they become friends. He kind of helps him adapt to the new new place that he's in. And whenever there is stuff going on with the other guys, they're always together. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of other guys, there are at least two that I would like to talk about. Okay. Which one first? Uh, a good number of the other boys are just kind of like other tough guy, you know, biker looking sort of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a whole lot distinguishing about them yet. But there are two other students at this high school who are pretty different. Okay. I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. Uh, it should be obvious if you've seen any promotional materials at all for the show. But uh, it, within the first episode, they start kind of talking about this person who is at their school who is super mysterious and the toughest of everyone. He is the the biggest bad on campus and you've got to go talk to him. If you want to if you want to overthrow the school, if you want to change things, you have to go to him because this guy is um is the top dog. So Kamiyama starts asking about him like, "Well, who is this guy? Where do I find him?" and they say, "Well, he's in class whatever, but You'll know when you see him. But, but what's his name? We don't know. <laughs> and uh, so they they walk over to this classroom to find this person. And it's this really unusual man who doesn't speak, but he's actually an amazing singer. And uh, they don't know his name because he doesn't speak, but uh, they call him Freddy. Best character ever. Uh, that's correct. It is Freddie Mercury from Queen. He is, he is a high school student in this show <laughs> for some reason. And he rides a horse everywhere. Yeah, and he wears like his classic suspenders with no shirt and he has the mustache. It's the best. The, he's my absolute favorite for no reason other than like my deep, deep, deep love for Queen. Uh, when we saw this character come up, I was completely sold. Yeah. Didn't need anything else. Just had this character. And this is kind of something that we see throughout the show is that a lot of the episode titles and in-jokes that they make throughout the show are uh, related to the 70s and 80s. And -hmm. we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. Uh, So Queen shows up and there's there's like Blade Runner stuff and all these. And a lot of it, a good chunk of it is references to music Mm -hmm. uh, specifically. So him showing up like in the the opening sequence and then making his appearance in the first episode was pretty ridiculous. Awesome. Awesome was the word you meant. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, there's there's one other character who is uh, unique as well. I, I mean, besides the gorilla, but, you know. <laughs> we haven't gotten to encounter the, ingri- the gorilla too much. Yeah, he's apparently a sushi chef, though. Yes. So, I'm going to try that again. Okay. A sushi chef. <laughs> that wasn't bad. <laughs> Uh, the other character is Beta Mekazawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, first name Beta. <laughs> Second name starts with the word Mech. 
That's right. He is a robot. <laughs> this is the robot that we saw right as we were. Yeah, we, we were like, we oh, rolled. good. It's it, it's not a mech show, at least. <laughs> oh, wait, there is a robot. <laughs> but the the thing about this character is that most people in the show don't acknowledge that he's a robot. They don't even seem to realize he's a robot. Yeah. Except the main character and his Mohawk friend. Yeah. The running joke through that episode is is that the main character and his friend keep wanting to bring up the fact that he's a robot. And they keep expecting everyone else to talk about it. But they're actually talking about something mm -hmm. really ordinary about him. Mm -hmm. uh, all the while, he is like putting oil on his head and, and all of these robot things. Yeah, he like opens his head and like... Like, tighten some gears uh -huh. in them, and everybody's just, like, not commenting on the fact that he's a robot. They're just like, what is that pin on your jacket? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think one of the things that uh, we've really gotten to experience with this show is the characters are dynamic in not, like, deep ways. Like, they're they're all kind of surface-level characters, but... They're all just kind of different jokes that we keep playing on, um, and it kind of works for it, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. We've, we've seen some really interesting character dynamics so far, and I don't know how sustainable it is because we only watched the first four episodes. Um, like, is this just going to be the same kinds of things over and over? Mm -hmm. Not really sure, but these characters seem like they would have places to expand and, and be funny in other ways, too. Yeah. So... If we move past the characters into the story, it, it's kind of like what you said before is there's not much of a story going on. It's sort of just these small little hijinks that happen in a 12-minute segment. Yeah, and I, I haven't seen any indication that that's going to change uh, through the through the series. Um, based on the manga, it seems to be just like um, short stories kind of compiled. This show reminds me a lot of Joe in that um, it's sort of about these generally ordinary kids in an ordinary setting doing crazy, ridiculous things, um, just kind of over-the-top things, not necessarily impossible things, just exaggerated versions of normal things that you would be doing at a school. And both of them have robots. <laughs> they both do have robots. I forgot about that. Of which they try to ignore the yeah. fact that they're robots. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the production. We are back. <laughs> so, Colin, do you want to talk about the animation style music? I would love to. Uh, I actually have more to say about this than <laughs> probably the characters and the lack of story. So, overall, I think the animation itself has aged poorly. <laughs> um, this looks like it was kind of low budget at the time, mm -hmm. uh, and this was like early 2000s. 
uh, to the point that they they actually make jokes about how bad the animation is at certain points. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these days, it, it looks particularly, like, low budget. I don't think that detracts from it all that much. Like, there's not a whole lot needed here. Uh, it's not action sequences. It's uh, just these little funny stories about these characters. So uh, I don't I don't think it does it all that much harm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, there were parts, especially with the character designs, where a lot of things are kind of overshadowed and it's just hard to make sense of, like, what's going on with their faces or different things like that. It's just kind of messy looking. Yeah, I think they're playing up the, the drama of things and, and showing how bad these boys are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think you're right. I think I wouldn't say that this is something that's going to continue to age well um, as time goes on. Now, what I do think they did pretty well is the overall kind of aesthetic that they're going for. Uh, it's very clearly like late 70s, early 80s. You've got leather, leather clad boys. You've got pink mohawks. I was reading that this is supposed to be a, a parody of um, what's called Yankee, which is juvenile delinquent manga hmm. uh, that was popular in the late 70s, early 80s. So that makes this sense. is kind of a, a later era parody of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Freddie Mercury fits that time frame. <laughs> uh, but even he kind of stands out. They all They all have differences with the just normal population of students Mm -hmm. at the school uh whereas the overall is kind of like a punk rock look Mm -hmm. you've got freddie in there doing the the more glam kind of thing and Mm -hmm. so i think i think it's pretty interesting how they they went for that time period and and pulled it off pretty well yeah as we were watching the show i kept trying to think of what it reminded me of and i kept thinking of shows from that era like just that same sort of style. I think they did a good job of kind of giving you that feel without you being able to directly point at something and say, oh, it looks exactly like that one show. Um, And so I think in that regard, it was pretty successful. Uh, Part of that overall aesthetic, too, is the music that they've (laughs) chosen for the show, Mm -hmm. which is pretty bizarre overall. (laughs) Uh, The opening song is like this strange soft rock sort of almost ballad thing. It's weird. And uh, the ending is like this weird sludge metal kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, the two don't really seem to fit the show. And um, it's kind of disjointing. Uh, so I do have some information about the soundtrack. Okay, tell me. That I think you will find interesting. I'm ready. Uh the overall soundtrack was done by a band called, and I'm probably going to butcher this, uh, by Kyoran. They are an actual Japanese prog rock band from the 70s. Oh, man, that's cool. Uh, they started as a King Crimson tribute band. Oh, gosh. Which is, um, it's weird because I went and listened to the, some of their albums, and they're actually, like, really good. <laughs> uh, and they don't, they don't really sound like the show all that much. Sure. Although... You can hear the you can hear the influence, but the the style that they're going for is very strange in the show itself. Which maybe that makes sense because the show is strange. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But the fact that they chose this band uh, <laughs> to do the soundtrack and it came out like this is is kind of it's just crazy to yeah. me. <laughs> 
really, if you listen to their albums, they do just kind of sound like a Japanese King Crimson. Sure. So my friend Brent is a huge <laughs> King Crimson fan. <laughs> oh, gosh. And uh, I texted him uh, <laughs> last week. And not only was he familiar with this this Japanese band, he <laughs> recommended one of their albums to me. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Kayla, you want to uh, wrap us up with your general thoughts? Yeah. So because I had no idea what I was getting into with the show, I didn't know what the genre was. I I just had no idea. Uh, it It took me a little bit to kind of embrace what the show was basically until Freddie Mercury came on. Then I was, <laughs> I was all on board. So it's something to say about the pacing. I think if you go into it knowing that like, hey, this is this lighthearted comedic thing, you can really enjoy it and embrace it and have a good laugh about it. But if you have no clue what's going on, it's kind of weird. And unless you're into that kind of weird humor, it might be off-putting. Yeah, I would agree with that. And kind of bouncing off of that, sometimes I even felt like 12 minutes was almost a little too much. Mm-hmm. Because more or less every episode that we've seen has been one joke extended to 12 minutes. Uh, it's like, how many times can we uh, talk about the robot without mentioning that he's a robot? Mm-hmm. And by 12 minutes into that joke, it was starting to wear out a little bit. So sometimes I even wondered if it would be better a little bit shorter even than that. Not to keep comparing it to Nichijo, but something that I think worked for that show is that um, they would split. So it, it's roughly the same amount of time for the show, but they would shift environments or characters in order to not have the gag go on too long. Yeah, Nishi Joe specifically, um, like being a full 24-minute show, mm-hmm. uh, was broken into, I think, like a half dozen different segments within within the episode. So by the time you finish the series, even though you've watched like 48 episodes, it says each segment has a, a number card and it was like 170-something or whatever. Yeah, and it's just long enough for you to get the joke, have a good laugh, and then get out. And this show didn't quite have that same execution, but it had the potential to, and you can still enjoy it. It's just the timing is maybe not quite there. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing about Nishi Joes, they have like multiple casts running simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the co- whole storyline with the robot and the um, the scientist, yeah, and her and the professor, yeah. Uh, and then you've got the three girls at school, and mm-hmm. you've got several other things running mm-hmm. at the same time, and so they're able to bounce between even sets of characters. Mm-hmm. And so if this show just kind of focuses on the one character and his friend, mm-hmm. then um, uh, again, I'm not sure about the sustainability. Sure. Um, The other thing I wonder about this show is that with me not being familiar with the genre of manga that this is trying to parody, I can't say whether or not it's successful as Mm -hmm. a parody. Mm -hmm. And so me going into it, a lot of it just comes out referential rather than parody, uh, which isn't always my favorite. But it's mine. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) So... I actually felt sometimes that some of the parody fell flat because it's such a wide variation in genres and styles and and things that they're trying to pull together Mm -hmm. uh, rather than just focusing on the punk rock aesthetic that it kind of sets up from the beginning. Sure. Uh, That said, the the 
two surprise characters that we've met, uh, being the robot and Freddie Mercury, um, really make this show great and enjoyable to watch overall. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. So, Colin, would you watch more of this? I would say yes with caveats. Okay. Um, the caveat basically being I'm not going to, like, agree I'm going to watch this whole show <laughs> uh, hell or high water. Like, sure. I would say I would give it, you know, another four episodes, however long it takes to see if it's worth continuing all the way through. Okay. But overall, yes, mm-hmm. I, I would enjoy watching more. And how about you? Uh, yeah, I actually agree. I would say yes. Um, I kind of have a stipulation, too. I don't think I would watch it, like, straight through. I think this show would be a really good show to watch to break up a really heavy show that I was watching. So say, like, I'm watching something like Bakamona Guitari, and I need something a little lighthearted. Uh, this would be a really good go-to show where I can kind of laugh and smile and just have some lightheartedness where I don't have to hyper-engage emotionally with it. Yeah, that sounds like um, a pretty good way to watch this show, honestly. So mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that, too. All right. Well, I think that does it for us this week. If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions or comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast, and you can find links for that on our website. Thank you so much to Crunchyroll for the nearly infinite repository of anime that you've provided and for the Random Button, which produces these wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. If you want to follow along with us each week, we'll have a link to the current title on our website and on social media. Uh, Thanks also to C2A for the intro and outro music for our show. Those come from his Senpai EPs, which you can find on his Bandcamp and other things like Spotify. Again, we we don't say it often, but thanks to those who are listening. And, uh, you know, feel free to share us and uh, do all the rating and stuff like that on iTunes and wherever you're listening. Yeah, it really helps us out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We don't pay for advertising or anything, so that's the best way we can get the show spread. Yeah. Colin, are you ready to roll? Let's do this. (laughs) All right, random button in three, two, one... And the anime for this week is called Hinako Note. And the first episode is called My Talent is Being a Scarecrow. It looks cute. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make sense of the <laughs> title, but it looks cute. You know, the the scarecrow talent. <laughs> sure. It's highly, highly prized. <laughs> this looks very chibi. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.